This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. They're not going to come from the White House. They're going to come from God's house. And of course, we know that that means the people, not, not the building. But it's just like we're doing this. As we pray, as we are seeking God, as we are declaring His Word, I want to tell you, the wisdom of God, the healing grace of God, the redemption of God, uh, the power of God released in our nation. That's the only thing that's going to. That's the only thing that's going to bring healing to our nation. God's the only one that's got the answer. I mean, thank God. Pray for our president. You need to pray for him. You say, "Well, I didn't vote for him. And I ain't got nothing to do with it." <laughs> I, don't re- I didn't read over there in Timothy. If you pray, if you vote, in their day they didn't get to vote for it. They had some pretty rough, tough people that led the Roman Empire in his day, and he said, pray for him. So, you know, so we pray for him. I, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, I don't get all bogged down in the politics. You guys know that, you know. I believe, you know, educate yourself and vote and pray. But, you know, whoever's in there, I want them to succeed. You know, and I want them to succeed in a godly way. Isn't that right? And so what we need to do is Pray. And as we pray, I, I, I hear it. The answer is going to come through the church, through God's house, through God's people, through God's power. That's what's going to change this nation. You know, and it's going to start in places like this. All over the nation are people that are gathered this morning, that are, that are worshiping, that are praying, that are believing. You know, and, and, and the other thing, too, before I get my message, writing in this morning and praying, you know, I want to encourage you, the Lord wants to encourage you, about expectation. Now, expectation can't be just in this vague, general way. Well, what do you expect? Well, you know, something good. Well, what, how will you know when it arrives? You know, Cindy, you know, especially at Christmas time, Cindy shopped, you know, on, online. Did a lot of shopping online, especially with the, everything going on right now. You know, but, you know, she'd order that package and then... There was an expected date. She didn't order the package and never, well, when's it going to get there? Well, you know, it'll get there when it gets there. It'll get there sometime. We don't know. But, you know, I mean, how long would you order from, I mean, would you order anything again from that company? No, you, there's an expectation date. You know, we, 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 we see uh, a lady that's, that, that's pregnant. It's what we, one of the words we use for that is what? Expecting. She's expecting. So the thing God wants to encourage you and challenge you, what are you expecting in 2021? What is, what is, have, you, have you prayed? Have you released your, your faith, your believing for something that if I ask you, you could give it a name. You could write it down. It's something concrete, whether it's spiritual or whether it's natural. But it's something that you could put a name to. 
If not, you know, get back in your prayer closet. There needs to be an expectation in the house of God again. There needs to be an expectation when we gather that God's going to meet us here. We're not just going to go through a form. But God's going to meet us as we worship, as we pray, as we hear the Word, as we come together in community. Something is going to tangibly, spiritually happen in our lives. Otherwise, let's just all stay home (laughs) and rest or whatever. So I want to encourage you. Listen, let's build our expectation. You know, one one of the things is, you know, you'd have an expectation when we come together, if we're believing for something. When we come together, are you just, well, you know, it's Sunday, we go to church. But what are you expecting? Is God going to show up? Is the glory of God going to come? Is the power of God going to move? Is God going to speak a word to you? Is something real going to happen? Otherwise, let's stay home. You weren't expecting this this morning, were you? Neither was I. I got a, I got a really good message here. <laughs> but I just want to exhort you a little bit about it. Let's expect. What are you expecting? What delivery are you expecting? Amen. <laughs> I'm not expecting, you know, a, a shipment of rattlesnakes from Amazon. <laughs> I didn't order that. You know, sometimes we just, we just take whatever comes. But listen, you know, every once in a while, you know, now, of course, God's system's not this way, but, you know, every once in a while, and you probably experienced in your neighborhood too, we get somebody else's package on our door. Has that ever happened to you in your neighborhood? Yeah, I'm sure it has. So I look on that thing, and I think, you know, first thing I think, I see that package out on the front, uh, you know, on the front porch, and I think, well, you know, my first thought is, Cindy's going to order something again. No. <laughs> well, I don't ever order anything. That's why. <laughs> but, you know, I think, well, I, you know, Cindy had said it. We hadn't ordered anything. You know, so I don't just, because the package is on, on my porch, I don't just go grab it and bring it in the house and unpack it. I look to see it. That ain't my name. No, sirree, that ain't my name. That package of lack, that ain't my name. That package of complaining and fear, that ain't, I didn't order that. My name ain't on that. I ain't going to take that. I ain't taking delivery. That wasn't my expectation. That wasn't what I ordered, Jeffrey. I ain't taking it. (laughs) Amen. So expectation. (laughs) Well, you get a little mini sermon on top of the other sermon. Sometimes Sometimes those... Many ones are better, <laughs> spontaneous. But listen, seriously, church, let's get our expectation for 2021. Let's don't just wait to see what shows up on the doorstep. Man, let's purposely get in our prayer closet and seek God. You say, well, I'm not sure what I should be believing God for. Well, then get into your prayer closet and let the Holy Spirit begin to prompt you and show you. What should you be praying about for the church here? What should you believe, be believing about for your brothers and sisters as we gather here? God's purpose here. What's our place here in this community? What's God wanting to do? What's He wanting to do in our nation? What's He wanting to do in your family? What's He wanting to do in your marriage? What's He wanting to do in your kids? There should be some expectation somewhere. Well, let's see if I can get to my message. <laughs> 
Amen. Well, we're talking, of course, our series is Chosen. And uh, today we're talking about, you know, we've been talking about Isaiah 58. If you want to turn over there, we'll read that. That's our starting place, our main text. The, the, God's talking about the fast that He's chosen. He said, this is the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. To share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter. And if you see the naked, to clothe them. Now, this is the, the fast God's talking about. And you know, as, as we are, are going through this series and we're talking about it, of course, this is our, our missions, Faith Promise Month, where we're praying and listening to God, finding out what God is saying. That's an area of expectation. What, what does God want us to believe for our life in this area of missions? What am I going, what, what I'm believing, this, this is not a pledge. You're not pledging your light bill. You're saying, this is, I'm praying and I'm talking to God about our missions uh, commitment here. And God's put a, a number, a figure in my heart to believe Him for. Now, if God don't provide it, you ain't got to give it. <laughs> No pressure. All the pressure's on God. Isn't that right? But you need to have some kind of expectation. I'm believing God, whether it's for $5 or 500 whatever He speaks to you. But you need to have some kind of expectation on that. Isn't that right? You know, and, and of course, He was talking about the fast here in the light of, you know, uh, the religious people. You know, they would fast. And Josephus says that, that usually the Pharisees... And it would fast on the market days. Because that, you know, you know, in those, if you've never lived, of course, we don't know too much about market days here in, the, in our modern culture. But, you know, uh, but if you've, if you've lived in other countries, maybe, uh, you know, that, that didn't have supermarkets and all that, you know, they'll have market days where everybody's got their, you know, they got the produce, they bring the, the chickens, they bring the poultry, they bring all that stuff out, and everybody knows, okay, that's market day, and they go to town. That's when they shop. And he said, that's when the Pharisees would fast because they, they knew it was going to be the most people there. So they'd come in, they'd look all, you know, dour and sour and look like, you know, they hadn't washed their hair or their face and their clothes would be disheveled because Jesus said he, he, they want everybody to know. Boy, I tell you what, don't you wish you was as holy as I was? But then, see, he's reprimanded them here and he said, but he said, that's not, he said, that's not the fast I've chosen. That you bow down, look all forlorn and sad. He said, here's the fast. Listen, the purpose for fasting, what? Is we want to see the oppressed go free. I want to see the oppressed go free, don't you? Man, I don't want to come in just to have another service. Man, I've been at this for 44 years. I've been in a few services. Lord of mercy, and I know you have too. We don't want just another service to have another service. He says here, he says, it is... To set the oppressed, the unchained, to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Turn over, now that we've kind of read that again, to Matthew 6. Jesus gives us some instruction about it, about fasting here. He really talks about almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. But I don't have time to get into it all. We're just going to look at verse 16. 
Now notice he says there, he says, when you fast, not if. Now, here's the thing. There's no mandate that you got to fast this often or this long or that ever, but God does expect at some time there to be some type of fasting that takes place in our life. I know my body, my flesh don't get any more excited about it than yours does. Amen. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? Paul says, I keep my body under. Well, this is one way. He said, when you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do. They disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Boy, I'm telling you what, when I fast, I don't want to just, you know, my only reward is I went hungry. I mean, might as well just go ahead and eat. If that's all you're going to get out of it, just go ahead and eat. He said, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus said, when you fast, it needs to be private. It needs to be purposeful. In other words, when you fast, what is your, what is your purpose? First of all, he says it's private. Don't, that doesn't mean that, that there may not be anyone who knows that you're doing it, or if someone happens to find out that you're doing it, that it, you know, then that's the end of it. No, what he's saying is just like the hypocrites here. Don't go around trying to appear like you. Don't go around boasting about it. Make sure your motive for fasting is pure and sincere. And usually if we tie a purpose to that, that will help us. Uh, it may be anything from, you know, I just want to draw closer to God. Or maybe I need wisdom and direction, so I want to get my spirit more sensitive. I'm going to take some time to, to, you know, to, to let go of that mealtime, and I'm going to take that time. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to get into the Scriptures. I'm going to believe and expect the Holy Spirit to give me some illumination. Because if you go on and read here, and we'll get to this in, in, the, in, the, in the course of this series, he said, if you will do this fast the way God says, he said, then light will be shed on your path. Illumination and wisdom will come to you. Direction will come to you. Answers will come to you. Sometimes this is what it takes. Because our, our flesh can weigh our spirit down at times. You know, I never have a problem with my, in my spirit, man. My problem's always up here or with my emotions. Amen? Where does fear attack you? It attacks you up here, doesn't it? Can't attack you in here because I had not been given a spirit of fear. Amen? I had not been given a spirit of doubt. Come on. I haven't been given a spirit of covetousness or lust. I haven't been given, I don't have any of those, they're not in my spirit. They're attacking our soulish man, the mind, the will, the emotions, and then, of course, our flesh. Those fleshly appetites, that's where, that's where the enemy begins his attack, doesn't he? That's where we can get sidetracked. This is why fasting is so important. So it needs to be private, and it needs to be purposeful. What is the purpose of it? 
Maybe you've got a loved one that you've, you know, you've been praying for. Nothing seems to be happening. You've been, maybe you've been witnessing them and nothing seems to be happening. Seems like there's a brick wall there. And, you know, that, maybe that's, you need to break that wall down. Maybe just, to, you know, at a time of fasting with your prayer. Just in secret. Jesus said in secret. And he will reward you openly. What's the reward going to be? Well, the reward's going to be according to your purpose. What, what, what is it that you're fasting for? I want to draw near to God. Well, that's, God's going to reward you with that. Draw near to God and He will draw. So you see, your reward's based on what's your purpose and, and the sincerity of your motives. You, I'm, you know, I need to see breakthrough for my kids, for my grandkids, whatever it might be, for our city, for our nation. Fasting yields outward rewards. Let me just share a few of them. These are by no means all of them. Deliverance from demonic oppression. Remember Jesus was up on the mountain, you know, with Peter, James, and John, you know, with the transfiguration. I'm sure everybody remembers that. And, you know, and they heard the voice of God speaking out of heaven, and Jesus was talking with dead people. Last I heard, Moses and Elijah were dead. (laughs) But see, this is what we have to understand. See, he wasn't talking to their physical body. He was talking to the real. Their spirit. Isn't that right? Their spirit. So he, you know, all of that happened. Meanwhile, what was happening at the foot of the mountain was there were nine apostles down there that were struggling to bring deliverance to a man's child. You ever been there? Lord of mercy. I have. You, you, you want to bring deliverance. We want to help people, don't we? I know you do. I want, I want to help people. I want to have the answer, don't you? And I believe God has the answer. I believe God has the power. I believe God has the truth. I believe God wants people to be free, don't you? But sometimes we're like those nine apostles. We're giving it everything we got, but everything we got ain't getting the job done. It's hard if we just be honest about it. I know, you know, we come to church and we all act like, you know, Every prayer was answered, everything. Come on, let's be real. Sometimes we're like those nine apostles. We, we struggle. So, you know, don't feel too bad. If, if nine apostles struggled, you know, maybe one believer will struggle every once in a while. <laughs> Amen. So Jesus comes down, you know, and the man runs to him and said, you know, he said, he said uh, Jesus, I'm paraphrasing, but can you help us? Did you help my son? He's demonically oppressed. It throws him in the water. It throws him in the fire. You know, and I asked your, uh, you know, your disciples, your nine disciples, nine. Man, we got nine pastors together. (laughs) You know, we got nine apostles. We got nine prophets. We got nine evangelists. Just name your, and he said, but they couldn't do anything. And, of course, you know, Jesus went ahead and set him free and everything. And at the end, you know, the, the apostles came to him and said, Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? And he said, he said, because of your unbelief. He said, nevertheless, this type, this kind, only goes out by prayer and fasting. Some things will not happen unless we ask, add fasting to our prayer life. You know, and, and it's interesting, you ever looked in the Bible, there's not a whole lot of uh, nuts and bolts directions about fasting in there. Have you ever noticed that? He just says when you fast. He just assumed that you fast. You know, part of that's because in the culture of their day, 
fasting was very common. The Greeks and their philosophers, they knew about fasting. The Hebrews, I mean, the Jews, they knew about fasting. It was, it was almost, it was part of the culture, you know. Kind of like we talk about tailgating in the South. Everybody know? Yeah. Nobody has to, you don't have to go and find a manual about how to tailgate. <laughs> Bless your heart. Man, we know how to do that, don't we? Well, it was the same when, they, when he talked about fasting. It's, it, reason there's no one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight steps to it is because what, everybody, everybody knew about it. It was just part of the culture. But there's some things that, 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 that helps augment, helps strengthen, helps build uh, our, our connection to the Spirit with our spirit that enables us to release more of God's power and grace into a particular situation in need. This is why, you know, many times when they were in crisis, the nation of Israel, you know, the king or the prophet would call for, you know, a time of prayer and fasting. Remember Jehoshaphat in his day? They did the same thing, didn't they? I mean, they said, you know, here's this, all these uh, different three or four armies is coming after them. And, you know, and they were just, you know, by that time they were reduced to like two tribes. <laughs> Man, hello. <laughs> I mean, they were outnumbered. They were outmanned. They were outgunned, as we would say in our day. But you know what Jehoshaphat did? He, you know, he didn't say, boy, I'm telling you what, we need to call a committee meeting, and we need to come up. Man, y'all need to come up with some strategy. Well, here was his strategy. He said, I'm calling everybody. We're going to fast and pray and seek the Lord. Never a bad time to do that. <laughs> so deliverance, the other one's deliverance from hooks of the devil. Now, let's, let's turn over there and look. Second Chronicles, and I, again, I would just give you the story real quickly because of time. King Manasseh, he was the king of Israel. He was 12 years old when he came on the throne. But the problem with King Manasseh was is that he led Israel to worship idols. And he purposely led them astray. And if you read here in these, the first few verses here, it says that God spoke to him and dealt with him about it, but he continued on his own way. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> but, you know, so what happened is, is, is judgment came on him. The king of Babylon came in, and they took him away. And it says they took him away with hooks, with a hook in his nose. Mm-hmm. It says in verse 7, he took the image he had made and put it in God's temple. In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will name the name. So he said in verse 9, it said, but Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray. So the Lord spoke to Manasseh, but he, you know, he kept going his way. So the king, excuse me, the king of Assyria is who took him, not the king of Babylon, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose and bound him with bronze shackles and took him to Babylon. Their people, by their own actions, have found themselves with a hook in their nose by the devil. You know, we, we would probably call all those things addictions. But there's a stronghold there. There's a hook in his nose, and he was led him captive. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you ever, I don't know if you, anybody raised out in the country or near a farm or on a farm? Man, they have those big old bulls out there. 
Man, sometimes those things, man, they weigh uh, close to a ton. But you know what? How they, you know how they control that thing? They don't try to get out there and get behind that big old bull and push him around and everything. They don't, they don't try to do it. You know what they do? A little bitty ring right there in the nose. And man, they attach a little old skinny piece of rope twine on that thing and give it just a little tug. And here comes that 2,000 pounds going wherever. And see, that's what, that's, that's a, 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 a type of what the enemy does. He gets people. He, he brings them into bondage. He brings them into addiction, whatever it might be. It could be a, a chemical. It could be physical. It could be emotional, different things. But he, he's, it's like a ring in their nose. And, you know, that bull, I mean, he, I mean, you know, you could take a little old kid could grab a hold of that rope with that ring there, and could lead him wherever. Well, you know that bull's many times stronger, but because of the ring. And this is the type we're talking about. And sometimes it takes, <clears throat> pardon me, prayer and fasting to release that. Now notice, let's keep on ringing, reading. Verse 12, in his distress, Manasseh, he sought the favor of the Lord, his God, and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. Now, you have to understand a little bit about, the, again, the Jewish culture. When it says he humbled himself, you can read this many times, it usually always included fasting with sackcloth and ashes in prayer. When they say they humbled themselves, see, when we say that, we, I don't, you know, a lot of times we might think, you know, I, you know, we changed my attitude or something. But when they humbled themselves, it did change their attitude. But he humbled himself. says he humbled himself greatly. I can guarantee you he was in sackcloth and ashes. He was praying. He was crying out to God in his distress. He had a hook in his nose. Notice. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty. Listen to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Some people, they may be loved ones, they may be friends, whoever they are, they've got a hook in their nose. They're blinded, Paul said, by the God of this world. And that hook just leads them around. They may have tried in their own strength to get free, but they, you know, the hook, man, when they pull on that thing, it don't matter. That big old bull, when you pull on that thing, it's, it, I mean, it's so tender. I mean, it, it's going to lead you around. And here he, he himself had a hook in his nose, literally. But you know what? When he humbled himself, when he prayed and sought God greatly, you know what? God set him free. Now, it doesn't tell us how he did that. But you know it had to be something amazing. Because he was here with a hook in his nose in a foreign land in captivity don't tell me God can't move. Don't tell me God can't do work a miracle. Don't tell me God can't set your loved one free. Don't tell me I can't be healing for you. <laughs> Deliverance from the hooks of the devil. We're talking about some outward rewards of the fast. And then here's one that's very important too. We exchange our natural appetites for spiritual ones. Jesus said, you remember in the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, sometimes as we go about life, you know, doing what we have to do, you know, we work, we pay the bills, we take care of our families, you know, uh, just, just, you know, just the routine things, nothing, nothing bad. I mean, that, things that's got to be done. But it can tend to dull our spiritual appetites. In a time of fasting, when we come before the Lord with prayer. Now, see, if you're not going to pray, then you're just dieting. And we wish you good success with that. <laughs> but, but, but when we seek God by prayer and fasting, then we, we, we say no to the fleshly appetites for a while, whether it's a day or, or a meal or whatever it might be. We say no to that, and we take that time, and we come before the, we come before the Lord with prayer. We, we get our Bible open, and we, we get in our, our place of prayer. And we, we get into the Scriptures, and we pray, and we listen, and we seek God. And he says what that will do is that will begin to allow what? That inward man to rise up. We put the outward man down, the inward man can rise up. Jesus, remember we talked about, Jesus talked about, I think the King James uses the word surfeiting. It means uh, overindulgence of our fleshly appetites can dull our spiritual sensitivity. Amen. You're still saved. You still belong to God. The Holy Spirit's still living in there. But the problem is, you know, the communication line. It's a little garbled. I remember when we were living overseas and, you know, sometimes you get... Especially if you're doing a uh, out of the country call, you know the technology. Now this was what 30 years ago, but you know the technology wasn't there, you know, and so sometimes you know you you get a connection that wasn't clear, you know. You thought I heard, you know, you were going to meet me at such such a place at nine, and they said I ain't coming. Well, it's going to be hard for us to get together, isn't it? And I'm going to show up, and I'm going to think, you know, that's just like. See, and sometimes that's the way we are. We're, we, we don't hear this, what the Holy Spirit's saying. It's not quite clear. It's a little garbled. We think this, God's saying that. Then we're all upset at God because. Come on. Y'all looking at me so holy. Am I the only one that's ever been here? But see, when we, when, we, when we say no for a period of time to our, our, our natural appetites, we get our minds quiet, we, we get in tune with the Spirit, we get God's Word, He can begin to speak to us. And, of course, He's always speaking to us, but we hear it with greater clarity. Then, of course, He said we break the yokes of oppression and heaviness. You know, maybe, maybe you know, the Bible says over there in Hebrews, the writer said, said you know, uh, well, let's just read over there real quick. Hebrews 12. I could quote it. I'm sure you probably could too. But let's go over there and read it real quickly. <clears throat> he said, therefore, verse 1, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders <clears throat> and the sin that so easily entangles us see sometimes there are things that entangle us and you know 
what we need to do, we need a, we need a season of, of prayer and fasting, of getting along with God and getting before God and letting some of those. Now, notice he said sins and weights. See, some things that are, are weights are not necessarily sins, but he said they can still hinder you. And so we, sometimes, you know, we, we, we need to just clear away some, <clears throat> some of that underbrush, <laughs> you know. We just, that stuff that just, it kind of, it's kind of just grown up. There's not, some of it might be said, but a lot of it could just be what he calls weights. But the, it hinders us. It trips us up. It, it impedes our progress. It, it hinders our ability to hear God more clearly. He said, if we can just take the time to put our appetites aside for a season and listen to God, oh, what rich rewards. Remember, remember uh, I think it was a, a an investment house years ago called E.F. Hutton. Anybody remember that? You young people probably won't. I'm dating myself. But it used to be a commercial on TV. It was an investment broker house, E.F. Hutton. And, you know, and, and, you know, they're in this room, and they're kind of, you know, at a, uh, some kind of a party or something, and everybody's talking and everything. And all of a sudden, somebody says over here, well, my broker's E.F. Hutton, and he says, and everybody stops and goes like this. Well, my broker is Jesus Christ, and he says, how, how, who could be the most important person to speak into my life? Who's, if, if you could hear from anybody, if you, if you could, anybody, anybody that's ever, you, you just wanted to hear the wisdom in your situation, you wanted to hear one person speak into your life, who would you want it to be? You know, Jesus talked about the Pharisees in his day because, you know, they pretended to be all religious. And he said, listen, he said, the queen of Sheba went to great lengths from, from Africa to travel to hear the wisdom of Solomon. He said, a greater one than Solomon's here. Well, you don't have to travel any further than your prayer closet. See, sometimes we've got to be honest with ourselves. We really don't want it. We're really not interested in hearing. You know, if, you can, if you're not honest with yourself, you can't ever change anything, can you? Because if you want it, when you want to hear it bad enough, you know, you can, you can make that trek down the hall to your prayer closet or wherever it is that you pray. And then we sharpen the sword of the Spirit as it comes out of our mouth. Interesting food for thought for you to Luke 4 you know the story Jesus comes to the river Jordan remember that John the Baptist is baptizing people remember that and Jesus comes and he's baptized when he comes up out of the water the Holy Spirit the form of a dove comes and rests upon him remember that the voice comes out of heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased remember that then he is led by the Spirit. He said, full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, he's led into the wilderness, and there he fasts 40 days, 40 nights. You know the story. But then when he's coming back out of that time, it says, and Jesus returned in the power. He went in full. He come out with the power. He went in 
full of the Spirit, but he came out with the power of the Spirit. See, we, we've got the idea, well, I'm full of the Spirit. Well, hallelujah, we're, we're good. That's a good thing. But that, see, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have power. There's potential. There's potential. But Jesus, when he came back, it says he came back. He didn't say, they didn't, he didn't reiterate that he was full of the Spirit. He'd already mentioned that. He said he came back in the power of the Spirit, and the fame of him went all around. Why? Because he was setting the captive free. He was opening the blind eyes. He was healing the sick. He was casting out devils. He was proclaiming the kingdom of God with power. And I think if anything that we need in the church, we need God's power. In my opinion. Okay. I've got to close. 1126. Some avenues. I'm just going to read through these real quick. You can look at them on here. Just because one translation says, we, A fast is drawing out our souls on behalf of others. Fast a meal. Donate the value of it to feed the hungry. If you, if you fast... He said, he said, this is part of it over there in Isaiah. He said, did you, 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 you become aware of those who are in need? He says, different ways you can fast. You, you fast a meal. Maybe you fast going out once, once a month. You give that money to feed the... Thank you for it. I know it gets quiet and you start talking about people's food and money. Food, money, and kids. Fast, <laughs> fasting our time to serve others. Well, we all, we, I know, we're all busy. My me time, it, that means a lot to me, doesn't it, to you? My personal time? If you get any, right? It, it, it means a lot. Sure it does. Don't be holy on me. Don't go all holy. Sure it does. Otherwise, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't cost you anything to give up some of it, would it? <laughs> so I, I, I give, uh, that's one avenue I can, I can fast some of my, my personal time, you know, and serve Take time to serve somebody else. Fasting our lifestyle so we can give more. Thank you. I'm, boy, I'm really good. I'm, I'm mining deep here, aren't we? And then fine. we can fast our entertainment time and pray for others. I'm not talking about you've got to just, you know, we're not talking about you being a stoic, you know, moving out to a cave somewhere giving up all your earthly belongings. But I'm going to tell you, some of these things, you know, God will lead us to do at times. Or we should just decide, you know, we want to do this. And so, this is the fast God says, I have chosen. This is the one. He didn't choose a fast just so you could go hungry, so you would be miserable and look miserable. <laughs> it's, there's a purpose to it. There's always a purpose to it. So let me, in conclusion, let me ask you, who do you know that God wants to reach in your circle? Whether it's your family, whether it's your people you work with, whether it's your neighbor. Maybe it's somebody that you've witnessed to before. They just seem to be totally resistant. There's just this, you ever run into those? It's just a wall there. <clears throat> consider, consider a time of fasting and prayer on their behalf. Don't tell them. Don't tell anybody. Just go do it. Amen? Consider that. Consider that. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? Father, 
right now. Lord, I thank you that you're speaking to hearts in this place about the fast you've chosen. Lord, whether it's fasting for their own personal enrichment and growth or fasting on behalf of someone that needs to be set free, that has a hook in their nose, that's bound by sin, whatever it may be, God, speak to hearts right now. Whatever you say, Lord, that's what we will do. Whether it's a meal or a day, whatever it may be, Lord, we're willing to draw out our soul for the oppressed, for the downtrodden, for the bound and the hurting. I thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts and directing our actions in this avenue, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you have a need uh, that you'd like for us to agree with you about, whatever it might be, whether it's physical or financial or, or spiritual, whatever it is, uh, we want to just agree with you. So uh, here's how we usually do it. You know, if you just stand right at your seat, and we're going to come into agreement with you. We're going to come into agreement with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, you see in this building all over, people are standing. And Lord, it's an act of their faith. They're reaching out to you right now in prayer. They're reaching out to you in faith for the answer to the problems that are facing them, whatever it may be, physical. Father, I thank you. You are the Lord God who heals. Financial, you're the God that supplies all of our need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If it's whatever it may be, if it's worries and concerns, Lord, you said that if we cast all our care over on you, that the peace of God that passes all understanding would garrison our hearts and minds. So as they're all over this room, they're reaching out to you right now. Just make your request known to God right now. As they're reaching out to you, Father, we stand in agreement in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Direction and wisdom, whatever it is that they need. God, I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name for the answer. For the answer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated for a moment. You know, to the, all of us, but especially those that were standing, maybe talk to the Lord. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, just a time of, of, of fasting along with your prayer might be good. You know, it doesn't have to be. We're not talking about 40 days or whatever. It could be, it could be just... A meal, just a day, maybe just sun up to sundown, just whatever. Let the Lord lead you on that. But it may be that, uh, you know, that will be what is needed for you to hear clearly, to break away anything that's trying to hinder. Because God, you know, if God said it, of course, I'm, I'm trusting you that you're, you know, you're, you're not praying for anything that's out of the will of God. We, we got the promise, right? If there's a promise there, then we good. Amen. And if it's not, then you've got to get back to the book. That's your problem. Amen. But consider that. 
Well, hallelujah. Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this is, this month of February, we're renewing our faith promise for 2021. 2020, uh, all three of the campuses, we exceeded our goal. I think we're close to about 70,000 that we gave uh, to our mission partners this year. And so, uh, you know, I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, Well, I'm telling you, you guys, you didn't let COVID slow you down. You didn't let that hinder you and stop you. And I I commend you for that. But this month, you know, seek God and say, okay, God, what would you have me to believe? What is that you want to do? In 2 Corinthians, let me read a scripture over there. We're going to be passing out some commitment cards uh, next week. Let me get over there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For you to, 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 to just say, this is what God is putting on my heart to believe Him to supply. See, if God doesn't supply it, you don't have to give it. Okay? We don't want anybody, don't give it. We're not asking you to give your, your you know, your light bill and all that. We're not asking you to give your... That, This is something that you, between you and God, that you're believing Him for. Now, notice what He says here. Now, He who supplies seed to the sower, He who supplies seed to the sower, this is the heart of what we're talking about with our faith promise, that I'm believing, I'm seeking God, I'm listening to God. This is what I believe the Holy Spirit has put on my heart, that that to believe God as the the one who provides seed for the sower. And Lord, when you provide the seed, I'm going to sow it. As you provide the seed, Lord, I'm going to sow it. Amen. He said that he would supply seed to the sower. Now, if you're not going to sow, guess what? You ain't going to get no seed. <laughs> so you got, that, it's, a, it's a two-way thing here. You're committing to God. I, you supply the seed, I'm going to sow it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to sow it. He said, he will also supply and increase your store of seed. Woo! Wow, if you, you become committed to, to sowing the seed that God speaks to you about, then he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to give you some seed to put in the storehouse. Now, we don't have storehouses, but you do have a bank account. You might have a 401k or an IRA or something, you know. You got something there, some kind of retirement, some, something there where you can put that extra seed in. Amen? <laughs> Absolutely. He said, well, enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, and you will be enriched in every way, so you can be generous on every occasion. And your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So many lives touched this past year. So many lives touched in Thailand, in the Philippines, in Pakistan, in India, in Africa, in Uganda, in South America, in Venezuela, in Colombia, in Haiti, in Mexico. So many places, so many places, because of your generosity, thanksgiving is going up to God. Amen? So I commend you for that, and I thank you for it. Amen? This morning, uh, uh, you can stand to your feet. We're going to dismiss you, and we're going to let you exit and as you exit. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.